Hello and welcome to the Lorna Marie Fitness Podcast, the show where we talk all things fitness, health, mindset and lifestyle to help you become fitter, healthier and happier. I help busy people who lack time, motivation and self-belief to look and feel great again. If you want to work with me, head over to lornamariefitness.co.uk, but for now, enjoy this episode. If you're there, say hi. If you're watching this on replay, do hashtag replay and I know you've seen it. Now, before we get started today, how cool is this? We've just been featured on BBC Radio Nottingham. I don't know if you'll be able to hear it. I'm going to hold my phone to the microphone and turn it up. Can you hear this? Nottingham has raised more than £2,000 for charity. Lorna Marie Fitness, along with her class members, climbed the Yorkshire Three Peaks to raise money for the Children's Bereavement Centre in Newark. She'll be presenting the charity with a cheque this evening and said that she's super proud. Not only did we win Best Fitness Instructor, Nottinghamshire and Derbyshire, but we raised £2,359 for the Newark Children's Bereavement Centre. There was a group of about 35 of us who did it and everybody did so so well now you're and yes they did you guys all did so well it was a massive team effort so thank you to everyone who donated and everyone who supported when we met rachel i didn't say this in the little sound bikes i think i just panicked <laughs> but when we met rachel she really put it into context and she said look the money you've raised will actually go towards helping 12 children and their families get one-on-one support for eight weeks so you're literally changing lives and the charity actually they get four percent of the money they need from the government so they rely 96 percent of their funds on fundraising which is absolutely massive it just really puts it into context doesn't it what you've done because sometimes when you hear numbers it's like oh right yeah it doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean so much but then when you think oh my gosh actually not only has it changed the lives of 12 children, but that knock-on effect for the parents, maybe the siblings, family. You've just helped so many people. So massive well done to everybody involved. I wanted to share that because I literally, I was just sent that today and I just wanted to say how proud I am of everyone. Well, let's keep it up. Let's keep spreading the love, spreading the joy and the fitness locally and beyond. That's my mission anyway, to help as many people as I can. And you're on board, right? <laughs> okay, today's Q&A, we've had some incredible questions, some really, really interesting questions, some really different ones. So I want to dive right in. And if you think of anything in the meantime, just holler, just shout. I'm having a look at the comments box. So yeah, if you have a question or you've got a question on what I'm talking about, just pop in the comments box. And if you're watching this on replay, same thing, just pop it in the comments box and I'll get back to you. Question number one, my balance is terrible when I try and do lunges. The lower I try and go, the more wobbly I am. Any tips for getting a better balance and control over the lunge? I often hold on to something but realize I can't really do that in a strength class when I'm holding on to weights. It's a really great, great question. And a lunge is a move a lot of people find super tricky. And it, yeah, there is a balance element to it. But one thing I would say is make sure you're setting yourself up properly. And I am going to do a new area on the website actually with a how-to section. So like how to do certain moves, like how to do a squat properly, how to do a lunge properly, how to do a side raise, a clean and press, some yoga moves as well. And I've put a post about it on the Facebook group. So if you think of any, please just, you know, pop those in the comments or message me and I'll add it to the catalogue. Let's make a really big catalogue. 
So lunge, make sure your feet are hip width apart. You want a really long step back. Take a big long step back and when you bend your knees, you want to aim for about 90-90 with your knees. If you're finding that your balance is really off, you may need to take your feet slightly wider. Because if you imagine standing on a tightrope, <laughs> it's actually really hard to keep your balance. But if you give yourself a wider base to start off with, you'll find that it's a little bit easier to hold your balance. Also, keep a fixed gaze. Stare at one spot and that will help with your balance. A little bit of core activation. Think about drawing the navel into spine. And if you feel like your core isn't that strong at the moment, get yourself on some Pilates and keep, keep on doing that. You want a really upright, tall, strong position and you want your core supporting you in that position in a lunge as well. And do you know what? I would say it just really takes practice. Making sure you're in that good position, making sure when you're bending your knees, you're pushing your front knee slightly out towards your little toe to engage your glutes and that'll hold you in a more stable position, using the core properly. And you can actually, if you're holding a barbell on your back and you're finding you're a little bit off balance, why not hold a hand weight in each hand instead for now? But just keep practicing it. Keep practicing it and let me know how you get on. Question number two, what are your thoughts on skipping meals and intermittent fasting for losing weight? Now, it really depends. So fasting can come in many different forms. Oh, Joe's just said, I find it easier if I hold my arms out. I look like I'm flying, but it helps with my balance. Yeah, it's a great point. Definitely, Joe. Absolutely. Do that. Whatever helps you with your balance. And obviously, if you're holding on to weights, it's going to be tricky to do that. <laughs> I would have my arms by the sides then. But yeah, in the meantime, definitely. Yeah, it's a really good point. Thank you. So fasting, it can be any sort of window. But one of the major ones is 16, 8. So 16 hours not eating and then eating in a window of 8 hours. Some people do 12, 12. So eating in a 12-hour window and then not in a 12-hour window. It really depends. Some people do a 5-2 where they eat normally and then they fast um, for so many days. So fasting more for like five days, eating normally for two. It really depends, okay? I personally don't like this approach so much, but that's my personal opinion. One thing it can be good for is putting you in a calorie deficit. So if you wake up in the morning, you're really not that hungry, you're just forcing breakfast down because you feel like you have to, then you have a sedentary job, your energy man demands aren't that high, and then you're getting towards lunchtime and actually you're ready for your first meal, and you know you're not absolutely starving, and you're not having a sugar crash, and you feel okay, you're just a bit hungry, and then you eat, fair enough. That could be a good way of putting you in a calorie deficit. But here are the reasons why I'm personally not a massive fan so by telling yourself you're allowed to eat within a certain window and not within another window so if we say like the the 16 8 for example so you're only allowed to eat within an eight hour window what that can quite often lead to is an overeating in that window because it's almost like you've restricted yourself 
for quite a while and then it's like oh I'm allowed to eat now and tending to go overboard so if you are somebody who has really struggled with dieting in the past you have a bit of an all or nothing mindset or you tend to over restrict on a certain type of food or food in general and then overindulge and you're in this really awful kind of binge restrict cycle or all or nothing cycle maybe you're good like Monday to or quote unquote good Monday to Thursday and then Friday to Sunday you feel like you overindulge because you've over restricted from Monday to Thursday or in your mind you have I wouldn't recommend it I also wouldn't recommend it for anyone who does shift work you're say if you're a nurse and you're working through the night and you've told yourself you can't eat at night well that's a bit of a nightmare really if you are on your feet and you're very very busy I think that it's not the best idea because you're going to be having huge energy dips if you're a very active person it's not a great idea and if you have a past history with eating disorders it's also not a great idea so it just really depends and a lot of it depends on your response and your relationship with food so lifestyle factors as well so like I said your job Um, one thing where I would have where I'm not too sure as well is you might be missing out on certain nutrients uh, or certain food groups. So one thing I'm thinking about is your body can only absorb so much protein at a time. So if you're trying to maintain lean muscle or increase lean muscle, your body does need protein throughout the day, at intervals throughout the day. And if you miss one of those, say, breakfast, you're probably not optimizing on that opportunity or that window. And also you've got to think about your mood. Are you irritable when you do this? So there's a lot of factors to think about, really. Yeah, exactly, Joe. Not good for diabetics. Yeah, it really depends. And for some people on certain medications as well. And they're they're the reasons why I'm not so sure. So if you are really focusing on, say, your weight loss and you want to maintain lean muscle mass to increase your metabolism, to get that toned look, and you're a busy person, or you're a busy person, or you have a poor relationship with food, it's not an avenue I would go down. And I think just really focus on respecting and nourishing your body throughout the day. And also allowing yourself a little bit of what you want so you don't fall into that all or nothing mindset. I hope that's useful. And if anyone is struggling with that kind of thing, please feel free to reach out. I'm always an ear and I'm always more than happy to help too. But like I said, it really really depends. Question number three, how do I stop having slips with food? It's either a good or a bad day. So this is kind of like what we were talking about really, isn't it? So first of all, it sounds a little bit like an all or nothing mindset. Like you have been almost restricting yourself, like we said, Monday to Thursday, or maybe Monday to Tuesday, and then you feel like you've restricted and then you just kind of go overboard And then you feel really guilty about it. So then you pull back a little bit to make up for the fact that you went over or ate indulgent foods. And then you end up in this this awful cycle. Now, if you're stuck in that cycle, it's important to break it. And one of the best ways to break it, or there's two ways to do this, is one, stop telling yourself that you're either having a good or a bad day. Because if you're telling yourself, oh, I either have a good or a bad day, guess what? you're probably going to do that because you are literally the story you tell yourself. So what you can say is, okay, I used to be in this awful cycle, but now what I'm doing is this. You draw a line. 
if you've had a quote-unquote bad day, so you feel like you've eaten more less nutrient-dense foods, let's call them, or more processed foods and you probably should have done or wanted to, draw the line. Draw the line, it was one day. The trap that a lot of people fall into is they feel like they either go over on their calorie or energy intake or they've opened the packet of biscuits. So they've already had four. So what is, you know, I've already done it now. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to have a few more and then I won't have any biscuits tomorrow, which is obviously the wrong kind of mindset to have. And I I heard this analogy once and it's quite relatable to this. If you opened the milk bottle and you dropped a bit on the floor, what would you do? Would you say, oops, I just dropped some milk. I'm just going to wipe that up put the lid back on, get on with my day? Or would you say, oh, we just dropped some milk, let's just pour the whole entire thing on the floor? You wouldn't do that, right? So (laughs) it's a really good analogy, isn't it? But why do that with yourself? Why do that with your food? So break the cycle, draw a line, it's fine. Also work out your triggers. So you know when you say you're having a bad day, why? Is it because you're hungry? Is it because you've not... Maybe, for example, you may have skipped breakfast and by 11 o'clock, you're absolutely ravenous. So your body's craving sugar and you go and have the chocolate bar and a pack of crisps because your body's just craving something fast and you want that. You want to get some energy in. Or is it because you're really, really stressed? Do you stress eat or are you feeling emotional or are you bored or is it just habit? What is the trigger that sets it off in the first place? And then I would say really take a step back and think about you and your body. Think about nourishing your body. Think about respecting your body and being mindful with your choices. So when you have the food on your plate, thinking about, okay, what does my body need here? We're eating the rainbow. We've got the nutrients in there. We've got lots of minerals. We've got a protein. We've got a carbohydrate source. We've got some fat. So it's a really all-round balanced meal. And that is more likely to make you, when you eat that and you feel good, more likely to make you want to make good decisions because you've given yourself a wholesome, balanced meal. And then maybe with something sweet after, if you want that sweet thing that day, maybe you have you choose to have, okay, I'm going to have one indulgent thing per day and it's going to be a little bit of X, whatever it might be, to satisfy a sweet tooth. And I'd also say have a lot of um, healthy snacks to hand as well. So if you feel like you're going through a moment where something's triggered you, maybe you're feeling emotional, stress, maybe you're really hungry, maybe you're just tired and you know you're going to want something for some quick sugar, having some healthy snacks nearby that are already prepped and having the other snacks out of the way so it's like an effort to go and get them or just don't get them in. And just be kind to you. Be kind to you, be kind to your mind, be kind to your body. Because the more you work with yourself rather than against yourself, the more respect you have for yourself. And stop labeling things as like good days, bad days, good food, bad food. There's no such thing. Just think about nourishing, respecting, loving you and your body. So I hope that's useful. And if you feel like, oh no, I've had a really bad day, it didn't go to plan draw a line, draw a line right there in the sand. Don't wait till the next day or till Monday to draw a line. Okay. And that also means don't over restrict as well to try and make up for anything because it just doesn't work. You end up being in that horrible cycle I was talking about. Right. Moving on. Question number four. I've been doing Pilates and yoga since joining the course. Excellent. 
how important is it to get the breathing right and finding it hard to get it in the right place in the right way and to do it at the right time okay what I would say is it takes a lot of practice so please have patience with this and just keep practicing it now breath work is an essential part of yoga and pilates and they both use slightly different breath and the best way to describe it is with pilates you're using the breath not only to help relax and to help your posture etc but you're using it to help engage your core and it's called lateral breath so you're breathing in to the sides and the back of the rib cage and then you're breathing out drawing the navel into spine you can place your hand on your tummy and you want to feel it go a little bit harder so almost like you're pushing your hand but you're drawing your navel into your spine this isn't the this isn't an exact way to describe it but imagine if someone threw a football into your stomach <laughs> almost like that feeling or if you're laughing, or if you're blowing out a birthday candle hard, it's that kind of core engagement. So have a little practice with that, and it does take practice. It took me a long time, but you get to a point where you've been doing the moves, you've been practicing the breath, and to do it any other way just feels odd. It becomes very subconscious. With yoga, it's more... There's, well, there's lots of reasons you do the breath in this way. They breathe in and out through the nose because it's a way of like filtering the air, purity, but also to help relax and to help with the flow of the movement. Generally speaking, generally speaking, not for every move in yoga this is, when you rise up, you lift up, like extend a mountain, you're breathing in, energy in, flowing in. When you're going down, like a forward fold, leaning forwards, it's breathe out, relax, engaging the parasympathetic system, which is your body's way of saying, relax. So when you take a nice big breath out, like a sigh, that's engaging the parasympathetic system in your body. When you do a sharp breath in, sympathetic system, it tells your body that it's alert. That's generally speaking with yoga. Everything going up, breathe in, everything going down, breathe out. And keep practicing it with the flow of movement. With Pilates, you breathe out, that sharp out breath, core engagement, when there's an effort. So if I'm going to be doing a crunch, for example, I'm lying on my back, I'm going to breathe out to help me sit up, engage the core, contract the core and pull me up. And if you want to know, like the other, well, the best way to do it is try breathing in when you do a crunch. So try it the other way. And then you will really see why you need to breathe out that is the best way to to practice really so they're the main reasons but practice makes perfect don't put too much pressure on yourself for now if you don't get the breath straight away or if you don't get it for a year it doesn't matter keep practicing because i promise you keep doing that just keep listening to my cues all the time you will get it and it will make sense and if you do it the opposite way it'll feel really weird (laughs) i hope that's useful question five I have a question. What exercise is best for weight loss? I always hear contradicting advice. Is cardio best? Is strength best? I try to do a bit of everything to have a healthy balance. But for fat loss, as my main goal, should I do more of one than the other? So instead of doing a third strength, a third cardio, a third holistic, should it be more like 60% strength, 
30% cardio and 20% holistic or is there no difference? Thank you. One, okay, one piece of advice I'd have with this one is when you're on a fat loss, weight loss journey, you want to be prioritizing strength work. And the reason for this is so that you can maintain or gain lean muscle mass. When you gain lean muscle mass, your metabolism is higher, your resting metabolism, your BMR, basal metabolic rate increases because it is dependent on your lean muscle mass. So you definitely want to be doing that. Now our workouts, say stronger, they're great because you actually have a strength element in them and you're actually hitting cardio at the same time. So do a backtrack and tell me that you don't get out of breath. And if you don't get out of breath, you need to get some more weight on that bar. <laughs> also, you got hit with weights. That also kills two birds in one stone. You have the strength element and you also have the cardio element in hit with weights. But we also do cardio classes that cross over with strength using body weight. For example, sculpt. There is a lot of strength work body weight wise within sculpt. And then Pilates is you know, we call it holistic, but there's so, so much strength work in Pilates, working your core, working your glutes, working your legs, and quite often doing things like push-ups as well. So I would say definitely make sure you're doing at least two workouts a week that have strength within them. And then I would say, depending on how many workouts you're doing, I would probably put in if you're doing our workout, so you've got a couple of strength, which I, like I said, have a bit of a crossover with cardio as well. I'd put a cardio one in there and then I'd put a holistic one in too. And it depends, it depends on what you enjoy as well, because the most important workout you can do is the one that you enjoy because it's the one you're going to stick to. That is the most important thing. And for fat loss, the most important thing is to be in a calorie deficit. It's going to mainly come through your nutrition. But when we're talking about workouts to do and to prioritize, you want to prioritize those strength ones for sure. And also don't just do strength and forget about the other things. Because if you do that, you'll end up getting really tight muscles and also not working other areas so much like your heart and kind of doing the jumping around, which sometimes just feels amazing. Do the classes that make you feel good and make sure you're getting a good mix in there too. All right. Question number six. My question, I have seen you always point your toes when you're on your back with your feet on the floor. Is there a benefit to this or just your preference? Now, I'm presuming you mean in things like Pilates, you know, when we're doing single leg stretches or doing toe taps, like dipping the toes down, popping them in the floor kind of thing. Now, when we point our toes in Pilates, it's for a few reasons, actually. One of them is for ankle mobility. The other one is to gain length. So we're lengthening down from the hip. Sorry, I'm actually extending my leg because I do this. I just kick the bin. We extend the leg from the hip, down the quad, down the front of the shin, down the front of the foot, down to the ball of the foot. And that is also going to help engage the muscles. And if you're not sure why or how, try doing the opposite. Try flexing your foot in some of those moves. And it just won't quite feel the same. When you really do that, you really can engage the hip flexors too. So just have a go at doing it the other way around, see what you think. But pointing the toes isn't for everyone. And if you're really prone to getting cramp all the time, maybe you want to relax your feet in some of those positions. So it depends. It depends on the move we're doing as well. In Pilates, one of the principles is precision. 
and you know pointing the toes is aesthetically nicer it creates nicer lines so you could do it for alignment reasons um like i said before lengthening and extending and it can sometimes depending what move you're doing help with core engagement so what i would say is follow my cues or follow me and what i'm doing if it doesn't feel right for you you don't have to do it it's not it's not the end of the day it's not the be all and end all but that is why question number seven what is best for getting my abs back? I'm not overweight, but I do have middle-aged um, upper tummy rolls, as it were. I'm a gardener, so I lead a very physical life. Plus, I ride horses, but it doesn't give you much tummy definition. I've been concentrating on the Pilates Express classes. I've done the hardcore combat, but I feel I need to work my tummy insides. Last night, I did Pilates Express, and it was blooming marvellous. Thank you. <laughs> and I felt it this morning. So really, my question is, what is best for tummy tone and flexibility, please? Now, if you're wanting to to lose weight around the tummy area, one thing I'm going to say to start off with is you cannot spot reduce, fat spot reduce. That means you can't choose a part of your body where you say, right, I want to lose weight or lose fat from that part right there. It doesn't quite work like that. It tends to be an all over thing. So if you put yourself into a calorie deficit, you lose fat everywhere and your body and your genetics will kind of dictate where you lose that the most and where you lose it first. If you feel like you're getting the the middle age spread as it were, one, it's hormonal. So what happens is when you hit the menopause, perimenopause, your body stores fat in a different area and it tends to store it around the middle. So that is your body's preferred place of now holding your fat, holding your weight. And there's not, you don't have to accept it. It's not such a bad thing. It's just how it is. And it's due to our hormones. It's just a little bit of extra stored energy. That's all you have to think of it as. And the best way you can get your abs or get your abs back is one, to make sure you're working the muscles in that area. And the best exercise for that would be the Pilates, totally. And the second thing you can do is make sure you're putting yourself in a calorie deficit. So you are losing fat, you're losing the weight not talking about a massive one, put yourself in a slight calorie deficit, make sure you're prioritizing protein, make sure you're prioritizing whole foods, less of the processed kind of foods, really, really focusing on nourishing the body, hydrating the body, getting enough sleep and prioritizing your workouts. And yes, Pilates is fantastic for the core, but you also want to be doing just general fitness things as well. So a bit of cardio, bit of strength work in there, things that are going to complement your horse riding and going to complement your gardening too. So I'd definitely be thinking Pilates is fantastic. If you're leaning forwards and you're doing your gardening, Pilates is also going to help with your posture. It is going to help improve your core strength, which in turn will help with the horse riding. Then I would say a little bit of cardio, a little bit more strength work in there. Uh, that is that is literally how you do it. Make sure you work the muscles and put yourself into a calorie deficit and then the abs will be more visible. But don't forget, for, for a woman, I don't, I don't, obviously you didn't specify how far you want to take it, but generally for women to have visible six packs, it is unhealthy. But if you're just wanting just that little bit of definition or to lose the middle, the middle spread, if you like, then the way that I said to do it is, yeah, that's the best way. It was the only way. <laughs> so 
that concludes the questions from today. I'm just seeing if I've got any other questions that have come through. How was that? Did you enjoy that, everybody? Was it useful? I really enjoy doing these. I think the questions that come up are just fantastic. They're fascinating. And it's really, it's really great that I can properly deep dive into some of these topics with you. But there's anything in particular that you weren't sure about or you want me to go over a little bit more, please, please, please let me know and I'd be more than happy to do that. And team, don't forget, we start the July challenge tomorrow. Are you on it? Make sure you check your emails, have a look at that monthly update so you know what's going to be coming up. And I will see you all very soon. Have a great Friday.